So the passage we're reading today is Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Well, can I add my welcome to Gary's? Let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for this parable, and we just ask that you would speak to each of us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever had the unfortunate experience of running out of petrol whilst driving. Embarrassingly, I have once. It was a long time ago, I hasten to add. I was being driven to a festival in Bristol by a friend when we suddenly swerved off the road as the car conked out. We'd run out of petrol, and apparently we weren't the first to have done this. In fact, according to research, there are over 80,000 breakdowns for this very reason every year. Whilst perhaps slightly more understandable last year during the petrol pump crisis, with warning lights and petrol gauges, we have to ask, why do we do it? Surely it's not that difficult to be prepared and to fill up before it's too late. We'll come back to that later. But today, we're considering a different story of fuel shortages. A parable of ten virgins, five who also ran out of fuel. This time, oil, not petrol. And for their lamps, not cars. But equally, because they were unprepared. Today's parable is part of a private conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples to prepare them for the end times and his return. It's the third of five parables that Jesus uses to warn them and us to be ready 
as he is most definitely coming back. In the first two parables, Jesus warns them to remain vigilant as he will return suddenly when people least expect him, like a thief in the night or a master returning home after many years away. And in today's parable, Jesus builds on this need to be ready using the picture of a delayed bridegroom to his wedding banquet. In the parable, the wedding banquet represents the kingdom of heaven, verse 1, an image frequently used in the Bible to show us how wonderful heaven will be. I don't know about you, but I love a good wedding. It's always full of laughter and joy and just happiness. And um, I've got Welsh family, so there's always a good sing-song as well. And that's how God wants us to picture heaven. It's going to be great. From earlier in Matthew's Gospel, we know that Jesus is the bridegroom, and the term bridegroom is also used in several places in the Old Testament to describe God himself. Jesus uses the arrival of the bridegroom to represent the day of his return, and Jesus' main message is that we need to be prepared for this day. So what are we to learn from the parable about being prepared? We're going to think about what Jesus is teaching us under two points. So firstly, be prepared. Jesus wants us to be ready for the long haul. Our parable starts with Jesus introducing ten virgins as part of a traditional wedding scene. It's worth noting that the term virgin was common language for young unmarried girls at the time and they were probably the ancient equivalent of the bridesmaids. Typically, at a traditional wedding, the bridegroom would leave his house to go to the bride's house, and this would be followed by a torchlight procession back to the bridegroom's house for the big party, which could last up to seven days. (coughs) For anyone who's paid for a wedding, I'd bet you're glad that they don't last seven days anymore. In the parable, all ten bridesmaids appear excited about going to meet the bridegroom, verse 1. And all of them seem equally excited to be part of the marriage banquet, verse 11. (coughs) However, only five of the ten are described as wise, having taken the time to prepare well by taking oil with them in case of a long wait. In contrast, the other five, described as foolish, forget to pick up any oil. So when the bridegroom is a long time coming, they are caught unprepared and find their lamps are going out. We don't know why they hadn't prepared well. Maybe they've just got distracted with more pressing things, doing their hair, preparing their makeup, perhaps sorting the flowers, that they failed to make adequate preparations. Perhaps the long wait meant that they began to doubt the bridegroom was coming, assuming that he'd got cold feet and stood up the bride. Maybe they just thought everything would be fine on the night, but they just didn't think it through. But whatever the reason, the foolish bridesmaids weren't prepared for the long haul, and when the bridegroom returns, they aren't ready. And just like the bridesmaids needed to stay ready for the bridegroom's return, Jesus is using the parable to warn his disciples that they needed to remain ready for the long haul too. Like the bridegroom, he will definitely come back 
but it could take a while. And 2,000 years on, as we're still waiting, Jesus wants us to know that whilst he could return any day, we too need to be prepared for a long wait. It's so easy to be prepared when an event is imminent, isn't it? For a speech we're giving next week or an event that we're planning for in the next few months. But it takes so much more work and discipline to be prepared for something in the future, especially when we don't know when it's going to happen. Take the Queen's death, for example. This required people to be ready for years on end. Plans were initially developed decades ahead and rehearsed over and over again to ensure that they were always ready. Whilst no one knew when it would happen, everyone knew that when the sad day arrived, they needed to be ready immediately. But imagine if Hugh Edwards had missed his news slot as he'd had to rush out to John Lewis to buy a black tie. Or everyone had been running round in Parliament because Blackrod or the Sergeant-at-Arms had never organised any planning meetings. Just like for the bridesmaids in the story, there would have been no time to put things right. They always needed to be ready. And the same is true for Jesus' return. We need to be prepared every day, no matter how long we wait. So the question is, are we prepared? Are we living as if Jesus is coming back? Or has the long wait meant that like the bridesmaids, we've allowed ourselves to be distracted by other things, the pressures at work, the many complexities of politics, family commitments, or even an active social life, that Jesus is no longer getting much of a look in. Maybe we were going for it in our youth days or our student years, but as time has passed, commitment has waned, as other things have become more pressing. Perhaps we've even started to doubt that he's really coming back, and like the foolish bridesmaids, assumed that there would be plenty of time to sort things out later. It's worth asking ourselves whether there's anything we need to change to ensure we're prepared, whether Jesus returns tomorrow or in many years' time. As Jesus says in verse 13, keep watch because you do not know the day or hour. Let's move to our second point. So secondly, be prepared. Jesus needs to know you personally. Returning to our story, as the bridegroom is delayed, both sets of bridesmaids go to bed, and suddenly at midnight, there's a shout, verse 6, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. It's only then that the five foolish bridesmaids remember that they've forgotten to get oil. Due to the long wait, they finally run out. They ask to borrow some from the other bridesmaids, but there's not enough to go around and the wise bridesmaids suggest that they go to buy some. The five head off to the local corner shop in search of oil, but while they're away, the bridegroom leads the procession off, and the marriage feast begins. The five who'd been at the shops finally get to the feast to find the door shut, verse 10. Hammering on the door, they shout, "Is the other bridesmaids, open the door for us, sorry we're late. But the bridegroom doesn't open the door. Instead, he replies, 
Truly I tell you, I don't know you. If you've ever been a bridesmaid or a best man, this will seem especially shocking. You would have expected that they would have been at the top table, and they would have been the esteemed guests, and instead they've been left on the outside. We may think that it was rather unkind of the other five bridesmaids not to share their oil. But what Jesus is showing is that we can't get into heaven by association. We can't get in on the back of someone else's oil. There's no group ticket. It's no good at thinking that by knowing a Christian, being from a Christian family, or even going along to church or chapel, that we'll be qualified for that eternal banquet. Jesus wants to know each one of us intimately. He wants us to have saving faith in him, having trusted in Jesus' death on the cross on our behalf, and having committed to live each day in light of that. The additional challenge here is that the ten bridesmaids all looked the part. In verse 1, it even appeared like that they had a relationship with Jesus. Yet the massive shock comes in verse 12, when he says to five of them, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. We should be even more taken aback when we remember that he was talking to his twelve disciples. At this stage, they seem to be Jesus' closest friends, yet that we know later on that Judas, one of the twelve, would betray him. For some of us here, this may be a wake-up call. Whilst you may be committed intellectually, socially, or even religiously to Christianity, if you're honest with yourself, your love for Jesus has grown cold. There's no real light or light in you. Perhaps you haven't accepted Jesus as your heavenly bridegroom. Whilst all of us will experience times when we may feel distant from God, it's worth asking yourself, do you know him personally? One writer put it, if you have no personal prayer life, no hunger for godliness, no love of obedience, no passion for the lost, then is there really any evidence of oil in your life? If you're not sure if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, why not speak to me or Gary after the service? We'd absolutely love to chat further. And the good news is that Jesus longs to know absolutely each one of us personally. As we finish, I started by talking about running out of petrol en route to Bristol and asking why when cars have warning lights, do we still ignore them? My friend and I were in such deep conversation that we just didn't notice that we were out of fuel. Others said that they ignored the warning lights as they'd been held up and thought they'd just have time to get round to it later. They had more pressing things on their mind and got distracted. They just didn't realise the urgency and assumed they'd be fine. But when their cars broke down, all these excuses were foolish. Without petrol, there's nothing that they could do to restart the car. In the same way, Jesus calls the five bridesmaids who ran out of oil foolish for not being prepared in advance. And once the wedding feast started, the door was shut, verse 10, and no amount of pleading could change the bridegroom's mind. 
Knowing that the wedding banquet represents heaven makes the implications for each one of us even more serious. If we're not prepared when Jesus returns, we will miss out. There will be no further opportunity to turn to him in faith. Death has a similar finality. And similarly, we can't predict when that will happen either. If you're here today and you've realised that you don't know Jesus personally, or you've been putting off looking into it, presuming you'll get to it later, then can I urge you not to delay? Jesus wants to have a relationship with you before it's too late. Similarly, if you're conscious that your love for Jesus has grown cold, or you've become distracted by other things, heed the warning and take the time to get prepared. The warning lights are on, but please don't ignore them. Jesus longs for everyone to be part of his heavenly banquet. The door is wide open now. We're all invited in, but one day it will firmly shut. And for the many of us here who are waiting expectantly, can I encourage you to keep going, to keep staying prepared, to keep investing in your relationship with Christ, keeping your oil supplies topped up, fighting against the many distractions of life and politics and parliament. It is and absolutely will be worth it. Seeing our bridegroom face to face and joining his eternal wedding banquet, the best party ever, will be more than worth the wait. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus is the bridegroom and he wants us to be part of his heavenly wedding banquet forever. Help us to accept his invitation with joy and to get and stay ready, fully prepared for when he returns or calls us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.